Hey, this is Cody Sturge with the pastor at Chill Highway Baptist Church, and you're listening to Keep Thy Heart Daily, a daily ministry of our church, an opportunity that we have every day to share God's Word with you. The Bible says to keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And we know that we keep our hearts as we wash our hearts with the Word of God. We are in a series now in the book of Mark. The book of Mark's a book of action. And I know that there'll be messages and truths from God's Word that'll be a big help to you. Thanks for listening. We're praying for you. God bless you. From the worst of the worst, the lowest of the low, to the highest of the high, every man, no matter his social status, no matter his affluence or lack thereof, is a soul that's going to live forever somewhere. And folks... I pray God will give you a burden for people. God will give you a burden for souls. And we'll stop looking as God's people, as Christian people, at the world around us just as a temporary, temporal place. But we'll look at the world around us as a place and and the people we see as folks that need the Lord. Folks that need the Lord. And if you're here today, and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want you to know something. Without putting your trust in Jesus and Jesus Christ alone, without taking that time and having that time when you call on Christ and you receive through faith the forgiveness of sin through Jesus, You also are palsied. You're sick. You are lost. You are in need. You need to come to faith in Christ. We don't tell you bad news because we hate you. We tell you bad news because we love you. And Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And I pray that you'll put your faith and trust in Christ before it's eternally too late. You see, if we're going to see God do a great work, we need to understand that there is a world and there are people all around us that have need, that need the Lord. It was compassion. It was compassion and concern that drove the next group of people that I want to bring to your attention. Look what the Bible says in verse number 3. We're going to call them they. You'll understand here in a second. First of all, we have one that's sick of the palsy. Then we have... They, and I hope you'll be a they. I hope we will be a they. And uh, we need to be they. The Bible says in verse number 3, And they, who are they? Come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. Who, who is they? They are the four that brought this man. The Bible continues, says in verse number 4, And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, They uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Who are they? I'll tell you who they are. They are four folks who looked on this man that was sick of the palsy and said, Somebody's got to do something for this man. Now, I want you to notice that they went against the common culture of the day. The culture of the day, it's actually beginning to infiltrate some of our thinking, I'm afraid. 
but it's dead wrong. The culture of the day said a man that was sick of the palsy, he is being judged for his sins or the sins of his parents. That's not true. That's not true. Folks, if you're right with God, that doesn't mean that you're going to have all bee, all honey and no bees. It doesn't mean you're going to have all rose petals and no thorns. As a matter of fact, there's been a lot of suffering among great Christian people. And just because you're good and right with God doesn't mean everything's going to be easy. And just because somebody's bad doesn't mean everything's going to be hard. I'll just be honest with you. Our sins have consequences. And you sin against God, it'll cause you trouble and it'll cause you grief. But getting right with God doesn't mean everything's just going to be hunky-dory all the time. But these guys, these four men, they they said, you know what? This man needs our help. They didn't care, they didn't they didn't worry that he might be cursed by his parents. He they didn't worry that his sin was causing this. They knew that if we can get this man to Christ, whether it's sin or whether it's disease or whatever it is, we can get him to Jesus. Jesus is going to be able to take care of this man. And these four guys, in compassion, looked on him and said, we got to get him to Christ. They, boy, they are some great people. You know what they did? Not only were they compassionate, but they were cooperative. <laughs> That's hard to do, isn't it? I can guarantee you on this day that there was no fight between who was going to be on the left front corner of that bed. Or who was going to be on the back right corner? That's my corner. There wasn't any fussing going on. Because God works when people work in unity. You know what these guys did? They got together. They said, hey, we got to get this guy. And the man that was closest to the front corner grabbed it. The man that was closest to the back corner grabbed it. And these guys picked up this man. One, two, three. Let's go. It was a job that one person couldn't accomplish. It was a job that required cooperation. And they bit down, they picked this man up, and in accord, not a Honda Accord, but in accord, an agreement, in accord, these four men worked together and they brought this man to Christ. It's devastating to me to know that Christians won't, won't and so-called Christians won't and can't work together. God brings a group of people like us together. The definition of a church is a group of baptized believers who voluntarily join themselves together to carry out the Great Commission. It's devastating that there's churches that can't get along enough to do something for God and His glory. I'm thankful that's not us. And may God protect us to not have that spirit. May we have the spirit of these four men who said, you know what, we've got a burden for this lost person. We've got a burden for the lost world. And we're going to do something that matters for eternity. And we're going to get this guy to Jesus. And they worked together. Not only did they work together, but they weren't easily deterred. Here's what would happen to lots of folks. Four guys said, you know, all right, we'll get together. We'll do this work. They bent down. They picked up each corner of that bed. And they headed to see Jesus. Well, they got a little close to the the house, going over to Simon's house. They got a little close to the house, they saw this multitude of people. 
It was so bad, the Bible says that you couldn't even see in the door. They, people jumping, trying to look at I mean, it was so full, you couldn't jump up and see over anybody's head to see what was going on in there. Here's what happens most of the time. Well, guys, we tried, but look at this big crowd. Oh, well, drop the guy. <laughs> Sorry, dude, we'll see you later. <laughs> they weren't easily deterred. What did they do? They said, if we can't get in that way, this man needs Jesus, we'll do what it takes. Man, if God would give us that spirit, I pray God will give me that spirit. You know, it's easy sometimes to walk into the walk to the crowd and say, man, this isn't going to work real good. This is a little difficult. Hmm. I guess that just means we shouldn't do it or we shouldn't try it. Anything worth doing takes a lot of effort. Anything worth having takes a lot of spunk. Anything worth anything... Take some blood, sweat, and tears. How many of you have noticed that? I just pray God would make a group of Christians and raise up a group of Christians, and it starts right here with the preacher that says, Hey, by God's grace, I don't care if there is a big crowd. That says, I don't care if the scribes in just a few minutes are going to have nasty thoughts about what's going on. I don't care if Peter gets upset because we tore the roof off of his house. I'm willing to do what's necessary to see God do a great work. And men like this who said, you know, there's a crowd, but that's no problem. We're going to the roof. This isn't conventional, but this is what it's going to take. And by God's grace and with God's strength, we're going to see something done for God, and we're going to get this man to Christ. They weren't deterred by the crowd. They weren't deterred... By the naysayers, they said, we're going to serve God. And we're going to get this man to Christ. The Bible says that they uncovered the roof where he was. And so you see it a little bit better. And when they had broken it up, <laughs> I can only imagine, most of these roofs in this part of the country at that time were were like a thatch roof. And there were leaves and there were mud and there was a layer after layer. And I can just imagine them tearing, breaking the, pulling the tiles off and breaking that stuff up and the mess that was falling into the floor. By the way, sometimes you gotta make a big mess before you can get something done. They made a big mess and they opened that roof and those four men, knowing this man needed to go to, need to get to Jesus, they lowered him down. They, born of four. Look what the scripture says, Jesus saw. Verse number, the Bible says, when Jesus saw their faith, their is plural. He's talking about those four. He didn't say when they saw his faith, the man of the palsy. He said when he saw their faith. I believe it was the man of the palsy. I believe it was the four men that dropped him through the ceiling. When God saw their faith, when Jesus saw it, their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. What happened? Their faith was rewarded. Oh my. If we as God's people will trust God to do great things, change lives, I believe our faith will be rewarded. I want that so badly. I believe our faith will be rewarded. Their faith, the sick of the palsy, the men that brought him, God did a great work. 
What did Jesus say? <laughs> if Jesus says these words to you, and if you're saved today, he has. There's something you can just put you on shouting ground, as the old preacher said. The Bible says in verse number 5, Son, Jesus looked at this man sick of the palsy, and he said, Son, that's not insignificant. Jesus says, Son, you know, there's only two people I call son. You know why I call them son? Because I'm their father. They're mine. They're my boys. And they mean a lot. They mean a lot to me. I'm sorry to say it, but they mean more to me than most anybody else. Why? Because I'm their daddy. And folks, I want you to know something. Jesus Christ looked down on me as a child. When I put my faith in him, and he called me son. (laughs) Hallelujah. And you too. Son, I'm a child of the king. Hallelujah. Son. And God, in love, sees the masses of people that are all around us that need the Lord and need the Savior, and He desires with His heart, with His whole heart, to be able to call them sons and daughters and have that father relationship. We need to bring people to Jesus. We need to do the work of the Lord. Not only did He call Him Son, but He said, Son, the one thing that separates me from God is my sin. He says, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? He didn't the first thing he said was not take up thy bed and walk. You see, he dealt with the matter that was most important. Thank you for listening to this message from the book of Mark. We're sure excited about the many opportunities that we have at the Chihuahua Baptist Church to share content with you. If you'd like to hear more of the same, more messages from God's Word, other series from different books of the Bible, you can find us at chillhowiebaptistchurch.com or you can get our app on the App Store, Chihuahua Baptist Church. And we're so thankful that you've listened today. God bless you.